This is ONA On Air, a podcast from the Online News Association. I'm Erica Aguilar. For the past few years, five students from historically black colleges and universities come to the ONA conference for a few days of training and mentorship. I grabbed a few minutes with Michael Grant. He's the lead mentor for the HBCU fellowship program at the ONA conference. So, yeah, so it's been great. We get like five or six uh, HBCU students from around the country. Uh, They can produce one story. And I really try to, to be like a... Uh, an immersive experience for them. Well, you're a fellow at the the Knight Fellow Journalism Program at Stanford. So for, let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me a, a little bit about the project that you worked on. My project was really uh, focused on discovering ways we can get more um, resources to journalists of color and encourage them to produce digital storytelling. You know, um, technology can oftentimes be um, expensive, um, but on the flip side, like the research might show you that it could be very cheap or that you can leverage mobile devices or um, other accessible devices in order to like produce digital storytelling. So I visited um, five HBCU campuses and interviewed several faculty, staff and students about their experience in journalism. And I really wanted to kind of see, um, you know, how, how much ground needs to be covered in order to get um, this ethnic group caught up. Does the prospect look bright? I mean, is there a lot of work to do? Uh, you know, I, so programs like the HBCU fellowship are great because, you know, um, I'm able to see, uh, you know, in person, um, face to face and, and working with students, you know, that it can be done. Um, you know, but, each year for the ONA fellowship, we get five, which is great. Um, but when, you, you know, I visited five campuses and, you know, each one has a journalism department, you start to see that there is a, you know, potential to scale um, this kind of uh, education in digital journalism. So uh, the plan is to pursue partnerships with various media organizations, work with them to develop you know, create a pipeline and um, create maybe like a digital uh, media conference for students. One of the things that frustrates me is um, when I see a newsroom that has a fellowship or like an apprenticeship, maybe a limited time one, and they're aimed specifically at certain like journalists of color. It's uh, It frustrates me because can you just hire them? Just hire them. Like, so I, I don't know. I wondered if you had any tools or yeah. tips for newsroom leaders who are trying to diversify. What should they do? That's huge. So, yeah, I, I, it's a pro and a con, right? Like it's important to get diverse people in and create programs. But the idea of the program should be to get those people jobs as well. Right. Like they should enrich your newsroom permanently and not just be sort of a a revolving door. So that's huge. I, I think it needs to be recognized and talked about. Um, and that kind of falls in line with another um, project that I have going on uh, called the Journalist of Color Survival Kit. And I'm working on that with two of my uh, colleagues from the fellowship, um, Jennifer Dargan and Seema Yasmin. Essentially, we're, we're looking at the problem from both sides of the fence. Um, so Jennifer is tackling um, like white privilege and trying to give tips on how to create white allyship. And our cards that Seema and I are working on are um, directed at journalists of color and how to deal with 
these very interesting newsroom dynamics when you're presented a, a thorny um, comment or you recognize that white counterparts are getting the jobs and other ones are getting passed over. Uh, so how, you know, we're trying to give tools and uh, tips to uh, journals of color for recognizing these things. Sounds awesome. I can't wait. Well, thank you for, for spending some time with me. I really appreciate you sharing, you know, your thoughts and your experiences. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, hanging out with you at conference. That was Michael Grant. He's the lead mentor of the HBCU Digital Media Fellowship, a three-day program at the ONA conference sponsored by Knight Foundation. You know, one of the HBCU fellows spent some time with the ONA on-air podcast team at the conference to learn how to produce audio stories and content for podcast platforms. Leah Proctor Ford is a senior studying U.S. history at Spelman College. This is her segment. This is Leah Proctor Ford, HBCU fellow at ONA 18, and I'm reporting on the current state of the relationship between business and editorial in American newsrooms. Let's talk about it. My name is Benet Wilson. I'm on the ONA board. I'm also the associate editor for Magnify Money, a financial newsletter. I'm an old school journalist. I started my career on a typewriter and there was a clear mark, a delineation between church and state. So editorial and business never met. But then the internet came along and destroyed the business model, the traditional business model. And so that line has been blurring. There are people who still adhere to it. I am actually a proponent of not because I feel as journalists, we need to know the business side. We need to know how the money is being made, um, and help contribute to that, plus keep our editorial standard. The days of the ad people doing their thing and we're doing our thing, those, those are over. And I'm, I'm sorry people get upset about it, but that's the truth. In your view, what do we do about this? If it were up to me, I would make sure that while you were in journalism school that you take business classes, that you learn about the financial models, learn about how people are making the money, how the publications can stay profitable, and how you can contribute to that without compromising your editorial independence. Coming from a radio background where the relationship between a content division and, and a sales business division is tends to be of more symbiotic, right? Sarah Tooley, content strategy with the USA Today Network, Plains Region. A lot of times the business side, they're sponsors of that personalities program or segment or things like that. If we do these series, is there a specific sponsor we can go after that doesn't hinder our editorial control, that doesn't hinder our ability to remain impartial? And, and I think that's actually pretty good. I mean, we need to figure out a way to better fund our newsrooms, and this is one way we can do that. My name is Doug Mitchell, and I am the founder and director of Next Generation Radio. Ideally, where would you like to see the relationship go, especially in regards to the traditional barriers between the firewall or church and state and the emerging and increasing collaboration between the business and editorial side? I think there are uh, many opportunities for journalists who cover a lot of different things who also have an understanding of how the business side works. I think suddenly people get laid off or things start to disappear and most journalists don't have any understanding of why that is. But I also think it's important that if you're a journalist, you should have a little bit of understanding of everything. 
And I think it's really important to have an understanding of business. What does it cost to do something? And so do you have any ideas or experiences with how to increase this relationship or make this vision a reality? You have to have surrogates or advocates inside the newsroom. And not people who specifically cover business, but people who have an understanding of it. You've heard our voices. Now continue the conversation in your newsroom. Thanks for listening to the ONA On Air podcast. I'm Leah Proctor with the HBCU Fellowship at the ONA 18 Conference in Austin, Texas. And I'm Erica Aguilar. Thanks for listening to ONA On Air.